Hey everybody, we are here, and I'm glad you're here too. And we got a great topic lined up for you today as we continue in our series, Life Lessons from Bible People. I like this series. I like looking at the characters of the Bible and learning from them. Things they did wrong, okay, we try to avoid those. Things they did right, that's good. Let's try to emulate those things and derive lessons for our own personal lives. And that's what this series is all about. I'm glad that you tuned in today. Today we're going to look at a lady that you might be familiar with, Mary Magdalene. And the story of Mary Magdalene is going to teach us, here it comes, women are not inferior. Now I know you knew that, but that's our topic today. Women are not inferior. Hey, I want to remind you also that we will be streaming our Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. every Sunday now, not only on Facebook and YouTube at newhopecc.tv, but we're also privileged and honored to be on WARV, 1590 AM dial, 92.7 FM. We'll be there every Sunday at 10 o'clock with our live worship service. Now, this Sunday is Palm Sunday. That's a good Sunday, Palm Sunday. We like Palm Sunday. And we're going to have a special message, the origin of palms, where they came from, why they used in worship. And it's also Communion Sunday. So I'm going to encourage you to get your communion elements ready. If you're listening by radio, or if it is by Facebook or YouTube, and at the end of the message, we will take communion together. And why do we observe communion? As a reminder, we're reminded that Jesus died for us. His body was broken, his blood was shed. And we also proclaim that Christ is the Savior of the world. That's why we observe communion. And we will be doing that with social distancing. That's okay. It's not going to stop us from observing communion. That'll be this Sunday on WARV, New Hope Facebook, New Hope YouTube. Okay, let's get into our topic. If there's one thing that surely gives credence to Christianity, more than knowledge, more than debate, you know what it is? It's a changed life. See, you can't argue with a changed life. Oh, you can argue with Bible stories and scriptures, and, you, and people can debate all day long. But when somebody's life has changed, there's no argument there. And I'm sure that many of you can attest to the fact of your own life being changed. Some lives have changed more than others, but nonetheless, we know that life changes when we meet Jesus Christ. So this thought brings us to the person of Mary Magdalene in our series, Life lessons from Bible people. Now, her name is Mary, and she is from Magdala. You know, her last name is not Magdalene. Magdala is the town that she was from. And in those days, the town someone was from was attached to their name. 
It would read Mary from Magdala or Mary the Magdalene. She'd be identified with her hometown. And that's why she was called Mary Magdalene. Magdala was located in Galilee. Now, Mary is, a, is an early follower of Jesus. And you know, she deserves to be called a disciple. Though she's not numbered with the twelve, she proved to be, oh, here it comes, even more committed to the Lord. You're like, what? How can I say that Mary from Magdala was more committed to Jesus than the twelve disciples? We're going to see why today. She first appears in Luke chapter 8, and we find it in verse 1. That soon afterwards, Jesus began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. You know, when I read that, I'm thinking like, wow, how awesome that must have been. People are hearing this message for the first time. They never heard this before. And not only was the message a beautiful brand new message, (laughs) it was Jesus himself who was bringing it. I'm like, are you kidding Jesus himself is bringing the message of the kingdom. That's incredible. So he's going from town to town and village to village, preaching the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, the twelve disciples. Oh, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. And Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. So now we see that was the issue with Mary. You know, Mary has been given a disservice. She's been depicted as a prostitute. There is no biblical evidence that this is true. There are no scriptures that support the idea that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. You know, even in the Bible movies, here she comes, and we see her. She's all dressed with bells and jewelry, depicting a woman of the night. But this is a disservice to Mary. You know, when you see that lady walking out in the black dress with jewelry and bells and long dockies, oh, that's Mary Magdalene. She looks like one of them. That doesn't depict her at all. And you know, some of you know the pain of being mischaracterized, don't you? Into a personality that you're not. Someone mischaracterizes you and they judge you wrongly. And you know, that really hurts, doesn't it? Well, that's what we've done to Mary. Now, Mary did find deliverance in Jesus, but the deliverance was from seven demons. She was demon-possessed. How and why, we don't know. But what do demons do? You know what demons do? They afflict the body. They disturb the mind. In the Gospels, a demon caused a young boy to throw himself into the fire. Demons caused a man to live in tombs, to be violent, and to cut himself. 
I believe that in modern times it's a little different, that the playground of demons is the mind. That's why Paul said when he outlined the spiritual armor that we ought to wear, he said, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's Satan and his minions. Because what are those arrows? You know what they are? They're negative projections. They're projections that make you feel unworthy. They make you feel unloved. They make you feel like you don't matter, like you have no value. They're all negative. And I'll tell you what, they do not come from God. So Mary was disturbed by demons. How did it show up? We don't know. Worry, anxiety, fear, paranoia, distrust, unworthiness, sickness. We don't know. But all of these can be the result of demon influence or demon possession. But you know what the good news is today? That no Christian can be possessed by demons. That's good. If you are a true, born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you cannot be demon-possessed. You know why? Greater is he that's in you, the Holy Spirit, than he that's in the world. Your body is a holy temple of God. There's no room for demons in you. None. They can't get in. But you've got to be careful because you can be influenced by demons. It's the thoughts. They can get into your head. And they can make you think things that are not true. They can make you think, hey, See that person over there in church? Yeah. You said hi to them. They didn't even say hi back to you. You know why? Why? They can't stand you. They don't like you. That's why they didn't say hi. Really? What did I ever do to them? Doesn't matter. They don't like you. Oh, yeah? All right. I'll show them. That's demons. That's demonic activity. They always try to divide us, separate us, knock us down. That's what you got to watch out for. When you find yourself being filled with negative thoughts, try to consider the source. The source is probably demonic influence. So let's get back. When Mary from Magdala met Jesus, everything changed. Everything changed. She was freed from the demonic influences. And you know what else? Her heart and her life begin to change. You know, as I said, life change is the greatest evidence of true Christianity in a person's heart. There's nothing greater. Life change. That makes you legitimate. If your life has truly changed, you are a legitimate follower of Christ. And that's what Mary did. Mary became a follower of Jesus. What a lesson. When you meet Jesus and he heals you, it's like, how can you not become his follower? You know, how can you not follow Christ when you finally realize what he's done for you, especially in forgiving you and saving your soul? 
And why is it that most people still don't follow the Lord? You know why? They haven't realized what he's done for them. They don't have a clue that he came to earth and bore their sins on the cross. They don't have a clue. They don't understand. They don't see it. So their lives don't change. And they have no desire to be his follower. Oh, but not so with you. You're a follower listening to Christian radio because you know what Jesus has done for you. She and some other women who met Jesus, they became also a support for him and his ministry. There was Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Steward, and Susanna, and many others who were, here's what it says, they were contributing to their support out of their own private means. That these women were giving money to Jesus to support his ministry. Why did Jesus need money? Had to eat. Had to buy new sandals. They needed food. So people, these ladies, contributed to them. You know why? Because when you believe in something, you give to it. As simple as that. When you believe in something, when you truly believe in something, you give to it. Now, Herod, you know Herod, he was a bad dude. He was a ruthless man. He was the Grinch who tried to steal Christianity. He's the one who killed John the Baptist. And yet, the wife of his steward became a follower of Jesus. I wonder what it was like to be around that dinner table. (laughs) Herod's assistant, Herod's servant, his wife was a follower of Jesus and supported him financially. Man, you think Herod knew about that? Probably not. You think if Herod found out, it'd be like, oh man, I'm going to deal with this guy. I don't know if Herod ever knew. Probably not. Did her husband know? I don't even know that either. I don't know. But you know, it's not that uncommon today for women to be great supporters of the work of God. Oh, women, they do so much for the kingdom of God. They do so much. Why is that? Sometimes a pastor will ask himself, where are the men? Where are they? Most churches have a majority of women. Where are the men? What's wrong with them? Rocket your ball to heads. Can't get the truth in the head. Too hard. What's wrong with them? So thank- thankfully for the women, they are not inferior. Oh no, they are not. Mary Magdalene, was one of the few who went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. You know, you think of all the thousands of people that Jesus touched, right? Fed the multitude, healed the lepers, the blind, the lame, the deaf, the deaf, the deaf, the deaf. And when he died and they buried him in the tomb, just a handful of people went. Just a handful. Like, where was everybody? 
So Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Mary, another Mary went, and Joanna went. And it was like three or four, and that was it. That went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. That's why I said, they were faithful than even the disciples. More faithful than the disciples. I'm going to jump over to John 20, verse 1. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark. Everybody else, they were getting their beauty sleep. But Mary, she got up early. I'm running to the tomb. Sabbath's over. I'm going to be there. And she got to the tomb and she saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. And she ran and she came. I don't know what she thought. Somebody stole the body. She came to Simon Peter and to to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, who was John. And she said, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they took him. So Peter and John, thankfully, they ran to the tomb and they saw it empty. Now being very practical minded, you know what they did? They went back home. (laughs) Like... (laughs) They went back home. That was it. Oh, he's not here. You're right. Okay, let's go home. (laughs) Like, where'd you get these guys? But Mary was standing outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. See, even here, Mary had more hope than even Jesus' disciples. She wasn't willing to go home and call it quits. She's like, no, man, this isn't right. I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. This isn't right. The other guys, they went home. See you later. Thanks, Mary. Okay, see ya. She stayed there. And you know why she stayed there? I think women are more hopeful beings than men. They have more hope. Ladies, you have more hope. How come? Like I said, there are more women in church today than men. One man said, Mary Magdalene, she's a heartwarming example of thankful living. Her life was miraculously freed by Jesus when he cast seven demons out of her. And that freedom allowed her to stand with Jesus when all the other disciples, except John, left him. Let me tell you, that's what I call a changed life. Oh, she stuck with Jesus right till the end. To the end. She was at the cross. She was at the tomb. Disciples weren't. John was at the cross. He's the only one. And Peter and John went to the tomb, but then they went back home. See, here's the great thing about Mary. Her faith was not complicated. It was direct. And it was genuine. You know, for her, faith was more than knowledge. And more than understanding. It was to believe. And to obey. You know, I've talked with far too many Christians. They have a lot of knowledge. 
but they lack in obedience. Knowledge alone, even if it's of the Word of God, will result in one of two things, either pride or sin, or both. It really will. People that have a head knowledge of Scripture but no life to complement it, they're like the worst people to be around. I can't stand them. I don't like them. I love them, but I don't like them. They're arrogant and prideful. They, well, they're all about winning debates, but you know what they're not about? Compassion. They're not about servanthood. They're not about generosity. They're about winning debates. That's it. That's why Mary went beyond that. Mary's like, oh, no, man, I'm, I've outgrown knowledge. I'm beyond that. You know, the Apostle Paul said that our knowledge is to lead to love. The maturity of knowledge is love. Knowledge is not the end goal. Love is the end goal, and knowledge gets us there. That's why we learn the Bible, to teach us how to love. Not to teach us how to win an argument. That won't do anything. But to teach us how to love. So let's look at some strengths and accomplishments of Mary. She contributed to the needs of Jesus and his disciples. That was awesome. She was a faithful follower of Jesus, even to the crucifixion. And then to the tomb. And she didn't leave the tomb. She stayed there. She wanted to figure it out, what's going on here. As a matter of fact, she was the first one at the tomb. As soon as the Sabbath ended, boom, that alarm clock went off and she took off. She ran to the tomb as she was. End of the Sabbath. She did have a weakness, but it wasn't her fault. She was demon-possessed. Oh, but she was delivered. I don't know why she was demon-possessed. I don't know why. Why do people demon-possessed? I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I think nowadays you can, you can do things and invite demon possession. Alcoholism. Drug addiction, I think, can open up your mind and you can be demon possessed. I think pornography can do it. Weird meditation. You know, when you're like, just open, open your mind and something will come in. Your mind is like a vacuum. Be careful. You know that Eastern meditation stuff? Just open your mind and let it float. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. If you're going to meditate, meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on substance. Meditate on Scripture, not on air. Okay? Now, how about some lessons from her life? What do we learn from her? Her obedience was evidence of her knowledge. How do we know she had knowledge? Because of her life. Her lifestyle gave evidence of her knowledge. Ah, we also learn that women are vital to Jesus's ministry. They're vital. Man, women, they supported his ministry. They carried his ministry. They were there for him. Mary and Martha, they had Jesus and the disciples over for lunch all the time. They loved Mary, the other Mary, loved to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha loved to make sandwiches make lunch, you know. They love to be around Jesus. The women did. So that's why Jesus does not see women as inferior 
to men. Not at all. So how about some lessons for us? Because we always like to derive life lessons. That's what this series is about for us. Here's what, we, here's what we learn for us. Put on the full armor of God. Oh, especially the shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. See, you got to put on that shield of faith. You know why? It will repel negative demonic projections. What is the shield of faith? It's the faith that you have that comes from the Word of God, that you abide in, that you look to, that you rely on. You don't just go to church and hear a message and then forget about it, but it becomes part of you, part of who you are. We also learn for us, obedience is the evidence of knowing. Not scripture memory, obedience, lifestyle. That's the evidence of really knowing Christ. So let me give you an action point. It's always good to do something with a message. Here it is. Examine your heart. Examine your life. Do you see any life change? If not, draw closer to Jesus. Draw close to him. If so, rejoice and become even more faithful as a follower of the Lord. Rejoice. As our lifestyle, I'll tell you what, it means everything. It really is a demonstration of who we are in Christ. So I hope that was helpful for you. I'll tell you what, it's helpful for me. Kind of woke me up a little bit too, and I gave it. So thank you for coming along today. Don't forget, Palm Sunday, 10 a.m. right here on 1590 on the AM dial, 92.7 on the FM dial, our live Palm Sunday service with communion. Be ready. Get your bread. Get your juice. We're going to observe communion together. You can be on the radio. You can be on newhopecc.tv, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you got going for you. But thank the Lord for WARV that allows us to broadcast our Sunday service from 10 to 11 on the airwaves. What a thrill. What a blessing it is because it's going to go into many homes of people that don't have computers. Not everybody's online. So what a beautiful service to provide for those that are not online. So tell people that you know. They can be part of a live church service by tuning in Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to WARV. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday. Take care.